Welcome to the teaching ministry of Walt East, lead chaplain at Sky Valley Chapel. We hope this teaching will serve as a practical guide for your daily walk as a Christ follower. We encourage you to follow along with your Bible and life notes, which can be found in the podcast show notes or on our website at svmin.com. Okay, well, last week we started a series that we're calling Not That, But This. It's a series based on Matthew chapter 5, the the Beatitudes. And it's the idea that one of Jesus' favorite ways of teaching is that he would draw attention to the difference between God's ways and our way. He loved to point out the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. He would say, say things like this, hey, you, you know, it's been said, do not murder. And that's good, but I've not just called you to that. I've got this for you. You know, he said, that's a good command. That's one of the Father's top ten, but I've really called you to this. I'm telling you, if you draw the line at physical murder, murdering with your hands, you're missing the intent. You're missing the hatred that so oftentimes lives in your heart so that you have figuratively murdered a brother or sister because of what's in your heart. I've not called you to that. I've called you to this. I've called you to love your enemies. I've called you to pray for those who persecute you. And you might be thinking, how do I do that? How do I love those who are against me? How do I love those and and pray for those who, who don't think like me, who don't act like me, and don't vote like me? How do I love the people in in, in this world where it's so polarized and and divided and where everybody and everything seems completely toxic? You know, how do we live this out? How do we practice this? How how can we be more like Jesus? Well, I believe that that, that studying and and living these Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 will help us get there. God's Word tells us in the book of Philippians, and I'd like to read this with me, please. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. I don't know about you, but I think that's a great verse to hang on to right now during these uncertain times with all the things that are going on in our world and all the the turmoil and all the divisiveness. I think this is a very good thing to hang on to. Do not worry about what? Anything. What does anything mean? means anything. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. You know, I need help to live this out. You know, I, I need help to, to, when it comes to loving people who are against me, to loving people that think differently than me, to loving people that don't like me. And I know that's, it's hard for you to believe, but there are actually some people that don't like me. You know, some of you, some of you may be in this room, and that's okay. I'm good with that. I need help when it comes to, to being like Jesus in an upside-down, crazy, topsy-turvy, sorry, Peter, world. So tell him whatever it is that you need and then thank him for all that he has done and all that he will do. 
And by the way, I believe the best way to thank him is to be like him. Then the Bible says, when you learn to worry about nothing and you pray about everything and when you trust him for your needs, then you will experience the peace of God, a peace that the world doesn't understand, a peace that that doesn't make sense to the world. Now, how many of you could say, I need more peace in my heart? I need more peace in my home. You know, I'd love to see peace flood this nation. Wouldn't you love to see peace flood this nation? Wouldn't you love to see peace overwhelm the world? Because even in a fallen, broken, simple, selfish, COVID-filled, polarized, and divided world, the church is still called to be like Jesus. And so Jesus begins Matthew 5, his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, with eight statements, and we're covering one statement each week. Statements that are known as the, not the do attitudes, they're known as the be attitudes. It's not, hey, here's what you do, it's here's what I want you to be. This is here I, how I want you to be, Jesus is saying. He's saying, I want you to look like this. Jesus says, look at me in a world that doesn't make sense. Look at me in a world that's turned upside down, where there's so much division and pain and hurt. So let's read these Beatitudes together, and then we're going to focus on on the second one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the second beatitude here, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now let me tell you up front that there are are multiple layers or multiple levels at which you could hear this message, at which you could understand this message this morning. And I want uh, want to address two of those perspectives up front about blessed when it comes to blessed are those who mourn. Perspective number one is that there are people who are listening to me right now and they have a reason to mourn. The hurt that you feel in your heart It's very real and it's understandable based upon what you've been through, based on maybe what you're going through right now. Maybe you're sick or or maybe you've lost somebody or maybe you're dealing with, with something where you feel all alone and you don't necessarily think anybody else understands or anybody's going through what you're going through. I want to tell you the hurt in your life is real. And sometimes the hurt in your life can feel overwhelming. I want you to know that if if that's your perspective, you're going to hear this message this morning from perspective number one. And what you need to know is that there is help in Jesus. I am with you, says the Lord, even in the midst of your pain. If you've got reason to mourn, if you've got reason to hurt, please know that there is peace for you, help for you, hope for you. He is with you. He is for you. He's not against you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's not turned away from you. And so I want to encourage you, if that's your perspective, with this. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I want to tell you, that is a powerful and an amazing word. 
I want to give you another perspective up front. Here's perspective number two. It's not the hurt that you've gone through. It's not the hurt that you feel. It's the hurt that somebody else is feeling right now. Because the comfort that God wants to give to you is not just for you. It's meant to be given through you to impact the world around you. God's comfort is given to you so that it can be through you to impact the world around you. God chooses to work through his church. He chooses to work through his followers. He chooses to work through believers. We are blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed to just hold it all to ourselves. We're blessed to be a conduit, to be a blessing to others. The comfort of God is a, is a medicine that's given to, to both heal your hurt and to be shared through your life with the world around you, to heal the hurts of those that, that God has placed so purposefully in your path. You know how many times I practice saying so purposefully in your path? That's, that's a hard sentence there, but I think I made it. God's blessing is never just for you. It's never meant only for you. It is for you, but it's also, also for those that are around you. And so perspective number one is when I hurt. And you might hear this message through that lens today, and you need to know that there's comfort available for you through Jesus. But I would encourage you, even if you're hearing through this perspective, I would challenge you to open your eyes Open your heart to the needs of the world around you and look at the second perspective as well. Because even if, you, even if God doesn't use you today or tomorrow in healing you through your hurt, even if he doesn't use it today or tomorrow to help others, you'll have this in your toolkit so that down the road you can use it to help someone else. The second is when others hurt. When the world hurts, we need to understand that we've been called by God to be a part of the healing process. We're not called as Christ followers to be part of the problem. There's, there's, would you agree with me? There's a lot of people that are very good at being part of the problems in the world. You know, we're called to be part of the solution. You know, there's enough problems plaguing our planet today. We've been called to be part of the healing process, healing the hurts of those around us. And we can open our eyes and, and see and allow God to use us to bring help and hope and healing to the needs that we see. And that's what be empathetic means. The title of this message, be empathetic. Be empathetic. That's what that means. It means not just seeing the hurt and running away from it, not just turning our, our eyes away from it or ignoring it or being indifferent to it. It means to see the hurt and to run towards it. Not living our life with our, with our heads in the sand and, and refusing to acknowledge the pain in the world that's around us, but living our lives with the heart of God, a heart of empathy, concerned about the needs, concerned about the hurts of others. Empathy will move us toward the hurts so that like Jesus, the church will be known as, as those who turn dirt into mud, a healing balm that, that, that opens eyes and, and clears ears, just as Jesus did. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. May we get our hands dirty like Jesus and not be like the religious leaders who, who rather than make mud, they were all about picking up stones and, and with, with condemnation and judgment, casting the stones at other people. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be like that. I want you to be like this. Everybody hurts. Can you say that with me? 
Everybody hurts. Remember that. You may need to remember that. We've all been hurt, and we're all capable of hurting others and hurting ourselves. Why? Because we live in a world that's ridden with sin and sorrow and pain and hurts. And Jesus doesn't ignore the topic of pain and sorrow. In fact, in, in, in John chapter 16, he says, he's, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. Is, is that on your life notes? Did I put that description there? Yeah. Circle that word down there in your life notes. In this word, you will. Circle, underline, highlight it. You know, make a big star bite. In this world, you will have trouble. So, you know, don't be surprised when trouble comes upon you. Jesus told you it would. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In Matthew 5, Jesus gives us both spiritual instruction and extremely practical advice when he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who don't ignore their own pain. Blessed are those who don't ignore the pain of others. Blessed are those who grieve what deserves to be grieved. It's okay to mourn. It's not a sin to grieve. Though we live in a world, particularly our culture here in the United States, it says to men in particular that it's a sign of weakness to grieve. It's a sign of weakness to mourn. It's a, a sign of weakness to cry. You know, we're told, you know, big boys don't cry or big girls don't cry. It's what we learned growing up. You know, did any of you ever have your, anybody say something to you, especially you guys, if you cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about? Any of you hear that? I heard but when you read the scriptures, you're going to see page by page strong men and, and strong women that are greatly used by God, weeping not just over their own hurts, but also weeping over the hurts of others. Jesus wept when he heard that a dear friend had died. David, you know, remember strong King David? David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength to weep in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30. In Ephesians 4, we learn that the Holy Spirit is grieved when we sin. He's grieved when we go our own way and when we disregard God's word. And it's okay to, to, to grieve. It's okay to mourn. And what Jesus is not saying is that he's not saying all suffering is blessed. He's not saying all pain is profitable. Let's be honest, there's a lot of senseless pain in the world. There's a lot of senseless suffering in the world. Jesus isn't telling us to, to embrace our misery and to, to purposefully, you know, make our life more miserable so that we might gain the blessing of God. I mean, there's some people in the, in the history of the church that have done that. They just feel like they just got to make things more miserable so that that gets them closer to God. That's not what he's saying here. What he's asking us to do is to acknowledge that this world is ridden with sin and that you and I have been given a free will by God to choose God or to choose sin, and the more we choose sin, the more we hurt ourselves, and the more we hurt others. And this is the reality of our lives this side of heaven. What I believe Jesus is saying is this, don't repress your hurt, release it. Don't repress your hurt, release it. Because when you do, you will be comforted. Now that word comfort, you know, 
if you think about it, it sounds, it sounds kind of weak in the English language, but, but when you look at the word that was used in the Greek, uh, parakaleo, it's a word that means to physically support, to, to physically uplift, to, to strengthen. It means to come alongside. It's the, it's the same root of the word that's used to describe the Holy Spirit as the paraclete, the one who goes along, alongside us, the one who comes alongside us. And it's actually used, this word in Greek is used in a military context, and, and it paints the picture like you're, you're on a battlefield, and everything's breaking loose and, and going on around you, and you're about to go down, and you don't know what you're going to do, and you look over here, and you've got your battle buddy, and he or she is lifting you up. They're strengthening you. They're providing the cover that you need. They're providing the support you need. They're providing the comfort that you need. That's what the Lord does for you. He'll carry you when you need to be carried. He'll lend a helping hand when you need some help. He'll give you exactly what you need when you need it. It's a picture of the Lord who, who stands with you in the midst of the storm, the, the Lord who stands with you in the midst of trouble. It's the presence, his presence in, of peace in the midst of chaos. The comfort is, is, is the help, the strong help of a powerful God who says, I will protect you. I will cover you. I will lift you. I will sustain you. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. It's Jesus saying that you don't have to deal with or, or pay, face your pain alone. Don't repress your hurt. Release it. Remember, God can't heal what you insist on holding on to. What stays in the dark grows in the dark. Yes, we all hurt, but there, there's something equally true that I'm sure all of us here have, have, have learned by now, but it bears repeating, and that is hurt people hurt people. Say it with me. Hurt people hurt people. And we need to understand that. We need to re remember that. People that have been hurt hurt people. And if you don't deal with your hurt, if you hold on to your hurt, if you bury your hurt, if you repress it, if you hide it, it might be five years, it might be 10, it might be 20, it might be 50 years. You carry this thing around your, your whole life, it's been crippling you, and, and it's, it's like a toxic poison inside of you, and, and you think you've got it under control, and all of a sudden, when you least expect it, guess what? It's going to come out, and it'll reveal itself in many different ways that it can do that. It might be self-medication through substance abuse or, or, or alcohol. It might be self-harm, or it might be an outburst that costs you a job, or, or maybe as an extramarital affair when you hurt the person that you love the most. And the root of all of this is, is hurt that you've been holding on to because hurt not released to the Father will eventually make its way back out, and it will hurt you again, and it will hurt those that you love the most. What Jesus is saying here is why be hurt by the same hurt over and over and over again? Why allow your hurt that's caused you so much pain to cause pain to those whom you love? Blessed are those who don't hide their pain, repress their pain, cover their pain. Blessed are those who mourn. Here's what else he's saying, number two. Don't retreat into hiding. Don't retreat into hiding. Don't let your pain cause you to resign from life. Don't retreat from family, from friends, from your church, from God. Don't build up walls to, 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 to keep your pain hidden and, and to keep others out. Don't wallow in your pain. You see, there's a difference between mourning and moaning. 
It's not blessed are those who moan. Moaning is, is the attitude, well, I'm never going to get over this. Moaning is, is self-pity. It's that, oh, woe is me. I'm, I'm never going to allow myself to be hurt again. I'm never going to trust people again. I'm never going to trust God again. Look at me. I've got, I've got a terrible life. You know, I, I, I've got a guy who's very close to me uh, over the years of my life, and, and, and he, he, he said this. I heard him say this more than one time. He's saying, I'm living in a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing pork chop underwear. You know, that's how he goes through life. And then he wonders why this stuff happens to him all the time. Mourning is acknowledging my pain so that I can properly deal with my pain. Acknowledging my pain so that I can properly deal with my pain. And what happens is we, we, we tend, though, to repress our pain and we run from our pain and we hide from our pain. We pretend like it's not there. We put on the happy face. Remember I talked last week about masks? Not this kind of mask, but the, the happy face mask that we put on around people. We pretend it's not there. And all this pain, and, and it ends up you know, overwhelming us and it desensitizes us to pain that others are going through as well. It makes us indifferent to the pain of others. Well, let me encourage you not toward indifference, let me encourage you to action because I believe that when we live a life of action and purpose, knowing that God has placed each and every one of us on this planet for a reason, then we can bring hope and healing and help to a world that's desperately in need of Jesus. When you and I live from perspective number two, acknowledging and working toward helping to bring uh, healing to other people's pain, it will directly impact you when it comes to perspective number one, when you're dealing with your pain. Because when we open our eyes to the overwhelming pain in the world around us, our pain becomes less overwhelming. I think this is part of what kept Jesus on the cross. You know, many of you may have, you may have heard it said, well, it wasn't the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was love that kept him on the cross. Well, you know, I, I think it's, it's more than just love. You know, Jesus could have taken himself down from the cross any time, but I don't think it was just love that kept him there, although you may construe what I'm getting ready to say as a form of love. I believe that when Jesus was on that cross suffering, he realized why he was dying. He realized that other people are suffering, and even in that very moment there, he realized that there's a cross to his le left and a cross to his right, and, and there's, there's people in need of comfort. And one of the men who is being crucified next to Jesus, he cries out to the Lord, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, in the midst of his greatest suffering, still found time to lift someone else up out of their own suffering. The same is true for you and for me. I believe it's true that oftentimes our point of pain is pointing us to an important part of our calling in the world. You see, I can't heal a hurt that I'm blind to. I can't heal a hurt that I refuse to acknowledge or to see. I can't bring hope and help and healing to a world of hurt that I pretend doesn't exist. Don't retreat from, go toward. And don't become resentful because everybody hurts. You're never the only one. I believe one of the reasons we retreat is because we tend to, to, to resent people for, for different reasons. And that's why if you've got a wound deep, a deep wound from a friend, you tend to stop trusting people and you don't want very many friends. Well, I guarantee you, your friends are going to hurt you. Your friends are going to fail you. Your friends are going to betray you. It happens. What are you going to do with it? 
Maybe you're listening to this today and you're like, well, I've been married once or maybe you're married twice and, and you hurt the same way in both cases. And, and so now your stance is, well, I don't believe in married. I'll never get married again. Maybe you say, well, I'm not going back to that. I, I, I hurt too deeply. Maybe you've said, I'll never trust another man. I'll never trust another woman. Maybe you've been hurt by a, a leader, and even in the church, you say, I'll never trust another, another leader. So I'm going to retreat from people because it's, it's people who hurt me. Or maybe, let's get honest here, maybe, maybe you've run from God because you've blamed God and you resent God for the suffering in your life, for the loss, for the sickness, thinking, Lord, if you really loved me, then you would have kept me from this. You would have, you would have spared me this. You know, I can't reconcile why I hurt the way that I do, and because of that, I resent you, Lord, and I'm running away from you. I've met people like that. I've met folks that, that, that run away from God because they think that life is supposed to be a whole bed of roses, especially after they become a believer, become a Christ follower. We all hurt. We all get sick. We all die a physical death, unless Jesus comes again, because of the sin nature that we inherited and we openly embrace. We openly embrace that. We blame God, we turn from God, and we run from him. But it was God. It was God who saw the hopelessness. God saw the hopelessness of man. And instead of ignoring our pain, instead of turning away from our pain, turning away from our suffering, he sent his one and only son to die for us so that anyone who puts their faith in him Anyone who trusted him would be guaranteed salvation from this broken world. We blame God and we run from God. We blame people and we run from people. But what if we stop for a moment? What if we, we slow down for a moment and we acknowledge sin and we ask ourselves, is, is what Jesus, is what Jesus really talking about here? Mourning sin? Blessed are those who mourn. Oh, if we could learn to mourn sin. If we could learn to see the world the, the way that God sees it. A world full of sin the, and the impact that sin has had on each and every one of us. The destructive power and the, the consequences of sin. If we could begin to see those who've hurt us as people who are hurting like us. Sinful, hurting, broken, flawed people in need of forgiveness and healing and hope and peace, just like you and me. No, that's not an excuse for pain, but it's the root cause of pain. What if we really learn to mourn sin and rather than retreat from God and rather than from retreat from others, we would retreat from sin? Let me ask you, when was the last time you, you mourned the sin in your own life? When was, the, when was the last time you mourned the sin that is so prevalent in the world around us? Salvation is possible, but it's not possible if we don't repent. To repent of sin means first I mourn the sin in my own life, and, and, and I believe that the mark of a true believer is that, that sin would cause our heart to mourn. If my heart doesn't mourn sin, then I question, where does my heart belong? Because the mark of a believer is that my heart would break for what breaks the heart of God. We live in a world today that, that embraces sin openly. And how can we embrace that which breaks 
the heart of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The question I leave you to, to ponder this week is, are you willing to mourn? For some of you, are you willing to mourn your, your losses, your, your hurts, your pain? Are you willing to, to release your hurt, to deal with and release and allow the comfort of God to, to lift you up? For others of you are, you, are you willing to mourn for others? Are you willing to let the Holy Spirit bring you alongside someone who is hurting and through you to lift them up, to help them, to help heal that hurt? For all of us, are we willing to mourn sin, our own sin and the sin that surrounds us? Are you willing to mourn? Amen. joining us for this message. For more information on Chapel Mole and the ministry of Sky Valley Chapel, please visit our website at svmin.com. You can support this ministry on our website, Facebook page, or by downloading our app in the Apple or Google Play Store. Have a blessed day.